Hello and uh, welcome back to Talking Bluestone, our internal podcast telling stories about Bluestone's past, present and future. Today we're joined by Louise Harris for episode number four um, and we're talking all about Lou's journey at Bluestone and how she became the go-to person in the interior finance markets. As always, we'll be finishing off with our standard quickfire questions. So here's episode number four, becoming the go-to person. So, welcoming Louise to the podcast. Hello, Lou. Hello, how are you? Doing very well, thanks. How are you? Yes, not so bad, thank you. Nervous? Uh, not nervous. Um, possibly would have been good to uh, get a little bit more organised today, but uh, that's just Lou. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll jump straight into the questions then. Um, so, the first one I wanted to ask you was, um, just really to describe what Bluestone was like when you first joined all those years ago? Gosh, many, many years ago. So 13 years ago, um, in February actually. Um, yeah, very different, even though the, the office that um, we were based at was just around the corner, but um, a very different feel back then. So I remember sort of being um, certainly a lot more squashed in in the old office and yeah, it just had, it did have a, a different feel to it, really. I do feel like the business here, um, I don't know, it just has more of a, dare I say, like professional feel to it. Um, um, but whether it was way back then or or now, um, I've always loved working for Bluestone. So it's a, it's a great place to work. Great. When you joined, what were, where were you in your career? Oh my goodness. Well, I'd just come out of the automotive industry. So my first my first ever like full-time job was selling cars. Um I did that for about 3 years and then um I took 6 months out and I went travelling for 6 months. Um which was brilliant. I know it's that old cliche, but it really did help me to find myself um, and then I came back and I again went into the motor industry again but just in a different more on the sort of um, kind of insurance um, um, side of things um, so yeah it was it was very very different coming and working for Bluestone um, although I had a bit of an experience in terms of financing vehicles when I was in car sales it's a very very different type of sell so this role I find a lot more consultative I find it a lot more professional I mean selling cars is it's kind of professional but but not like this and this this you feel like you're really helping people in the role and I really like that yeah yeah Certainly yeah. a lot more scope for projects and more value to be added by yeah. someone who knows what they're talking about. Yeah, and I, I try. I try <laughs> to know what I'm talking about. So, um, yeah, it's it, it's different. And gosh, um, when I first joined, it was very different to, to now, obviously, because um, although there had been a lady that had done the role before me, she'd not been, she'd not been at Bluestone for sort of six months so in some respects, it was kind of like starting from scratch with those partners that she had got on, but she was very much based um, in the north. And when I joined, it was literally heading straight into the credit crunch. So not only was it kind of a bit of a new a new patch, 
but we had the um the situation where you know we, we were in a recession and actually um certainly the north was really hard hit so probably a year after i joined i made the decision that actually if i I wanted to still have a job, um, then I needed to go a bit more further afield. So I did, jumped in my car and uh, off, I, off I drove down to, to the big smoke or, or sort of down towards um, Bristol area um, and started knocking on doors. So yeah. Um, so when you were, when you first started the Bluestone, what was it that sort of swung, swung you to know the Bluestone was the right place for you to go? Yeah, I, um, so actually um, when I went for the for the, some job interviews, I got offered two separate roles in recruitment. Um, so it was either a job in central Leeds or one on the outskirts or, or here at Bluestone in good old Wakefield. Um, and I just... Something just drew me to here that, you know, a, a bit of a challenge. I, I didn't know at the time, but I suspected that it would be more out on the road um, as well, whereas recruitment tends to be indoors, you know, hammering that phone every day. Not that I'm shy of doing that, but uh, it is nice to uh, be let out as well sometimes. Um, but also the thing that really attracted me to the role was that um, it was linked to interiors and actually on reflection if I could could rewind the clock I would go into some form of interior design um, or, or certainly a design because my passion at, at school and college was art and I actually did an art foundation course but I just didn't know where to go from there um, and also my dad didn't necessarily believe that uh, art was the subject so um and so yeah uh, that that's why I, I, di I didn't end up going to university um not that i necessarily think that um you always have to go to university to be successful um but so that was real a real interest to me is okay so i had a love for interiors and this isn't you know directly interiors but indirectly i was i was part of that and i was quite interested in that and thank goodness I went for this role in that recruitment, hey? <laughs> I can attest, yeah. I've, I've, having worked in, in recruit myself, uh, I much prefer Bluestone. Yeah, great. <laughs> um, so in terms of what your day looks like now, what it looked like when you first started, um, how has that changed? Gosh, yeah. Um, it's changed a lot. Um, so when I first joined bluestone um yes there were a handful of partners that we dealt with previously so that was a bit more of a warm introduction introductory call or certain sort of a meeting with them but actually it was very much um new sales and telesales focused um at the time finding those relationships and yeah so a, a lot of it was sort of hammering the phone um trying to get new partners on, in, in, you know on board um and but what I also liked to do was just jump in the car and go and knock on doors um perhaps like quite old school sales really but I loved doing that 
um, and I had a lot of success from doing that. So I used to take take in my uh, my brochures and my little fact sheets and uh, sort of just go and knock on um, design and build um, build firms' doors, really. Um, whereas now, I've kind of got 13 years um, experience, knowledge, and relationships. So, so many of these companies I've worked with for eight, nine, 10 years. And, and so the roles have kind of reversed in the sense of they ring me. So we've already got that relationship there. So they've already incorporated offering finance into their pitches. You know, when they sit down and speak to customers, they'll ask them, how are you going to finance your fit out? Um, so rather than me calling them, they call me and they say, we've got a customer that we've just been to meet, um, or we're going to meet a customer tomorrow. Can you produce some quotations? Or can you give this client a call? Um, so yeah, I, I still do the same amount, if not more, calls and meetings, but it's it's more on the incoming side rather than me uh, having to put those those calls out there as much. Definitely worth the hard work at the beginning. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. Um, and wh when do you think that switch was that went from more outbound to being more inbound? Uh, well, I don't want to scare any of our newcomers, really, but um, it takes time. It's not going to happen overnight. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm bear in mind that I did join in the in the recession times, which are hard, you know. Um, I'd probably say five or six years, really. But bearing in mind, I didn't come with a financial background as such, and I joined in the midst of a recession. Um, but yeah, I'd probably say about about sort of five years before you really start to see that that sea change. Marketing team as well, and have a very exceptionally good marketing team, Charlie, <laughs> and that does make a huge difference as well. A huge difference. I remember I used to go into meetings literally with my um, A4 page printouts, and I remember actually sitting in front of one gentleman and uh, sort of pushing it in front of his nose. And they were a very large interior company down in London. And actually, when I sit back and think about it now. Gosh, <laughs> wouldn't dream of doing that now um, because, you know, as with your microsites that you've developed for us, we can ping them an email and they can access all of this information and it's got that wow factor. Um, yeah, it was a different, different way to sell back then, but I much prefer it now. <laughs> Great. Um, and what do you think it is that sort of stood you ahead of your competition then? Over, over all these years and, and, and then that now you're the, the go-to person that people come to with uh, opportunities rather than you having to chase them? Um, I think that the, 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 the partners that I've got know that I am hardworking and that, that I will do what I say I'm going to do. So if I say I'm going to pick up the phone to their customer and introduce myself and the services that we offer, you know, I'm going to do that and I'm going to do that as quickly as I possibly can. Um, I think, you know, I'm so passionate about what we do here and what we can, what we, how we can sort of help a partner and help a customer. Um, 
and I really do believe in what it is that we're, I don't see it as, as what we're selling. I, I, I see it as this is a solution that we're offering. And it's a really consultative role. You know, it's really about getting under the skin of that customer, understanding their business, um, what they're trying to achieve in the future. And we're helping them to achieve that. Um, now we've sort of changed the way we're, we're structured here at Bluestone as well. And now we can start to work with customers moving forwards. That's really exciting. Because sometimes the projects that we work on, they can take a couple of years to come to, to fruition. So actually being able to continue that relationship past that point, that's really exciting. And that's what I have with my partners. I have a long-term you know, relationship with them. And now that's what we can have with the customers. So win-win. Um, you know, when you are speaking to customers and, and they're potentially as open to talking about finances as they might have wanted to be, what, what sort of bits of insight or um, what, what are the, the best or better things to tell them that opens their eyes to that and opens their minds to, to wanting to hear more about what you could do for them? Yeah, I think many clients, um, when they haven't used this type of financing before, they, you know, their automatic sort of, uh, the initial thoughts are, well, I either pay cash for the solution or I'm going to talk to my high street bank. Um, but actually, whether you pay cash or whether you use a loan agreement, they don't unlock the actual benefits that our type of finance unlock. So when you can explain to them, you know, actually, the offer that we have as a bespoke solution, actually it can unlock tax benefits that these other um, cash or, or, or bank loans can't access. And by the way, you know, in today's world, even more than ever, why would you not want to keep that precious cash for other things, you know, other um, requirements in the business? Um, and why would you want to use up that banking facility when you can use it for other business requirements so acquisitions um you know even just working capital why don't you use that to take on more salespeople, to have a big marketing drive all of those things are going to hopefully generate more profits and generate profits quicker than using precious cash for a beautiful fit out but still you know, a fit out so when you can look at perhaps the fact that it's Nine times out of ten, it's unsecured. It can keep your banking facility available for other things. You can retain your precious cash. Wow, it's 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 a pretty powerful offer. And of course, it's not going to be suitable for everybody. But actually, it's going to be suitable for a lot of businesses out there. Um, and it's just something that most customers, as I say, they just don't know about. So, yeah. Okay. So that's why, yes. Your partners introducing as early as possible within the oh, within their sales process helps a lot. Yeah, it does because most clients just haven't heard of it. So um, to introduce it as as soon into into the conversation as possible, um, it also can help customers because they're they're perhaps sometimes sat there thinking that they've got this budget and they can't you know they they can't go above that. 
and actually the project that they need or want to have can be greater than that budget. So this can be a, a sort of a real, a real important factor within the whole process. Um, one question that I haven't prepared you for, but um, I'd be interested to hear your answer on it. Um, just looking back at all the partners you've brought in over the last 13 years, have there been any that sort of didn't get it and you've actually had to walk away from that relationship because you sort of saw it wasn't going to be a, a mutually beneficial one for yourself? Yeah, absolutely. They really have. Um, it is a partnership um, and I will support all of my partners, you know, in whether it's client meetings, marketing with yourself, um, you know, attending joint meetings together, putting together um, any sort of tools that can help them. But ultimately, I've got to feel like they're introducing it and mentioning it and not, you know, that there's a misconception that finance should be introduced to clients when a client says, I can't afford it. And it's a million miles away from that because the customers that will really, really benefit from this are the cash-rich businesses, are the businesses that have got a healthy balance sheet. So to be just mentioning it to a customer when they say they can't afford, um, it's it's not the best way to go about it. Um, but also, you know, if I'm cons- if 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 we if I've met with a partner and we say that we're going to have a joint relationship moving forwards, and then perhaps for some reason they don't answer the phone, or you know, it's it's never going to work. This has to be this has to be a relationship where where we're, we're both wanting to to work together. So yeah, I have I have definitely done that, but I'm not going to name any names. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't dream of asking you. <laughs> Okay. Um, so then just on to the last question before we move on to the quickfire round. Um, I thought it might be interesting to ask how you see yourself continuing to develop over over the coming years. Yeah, I'd, um, there's only so many hours in a day and there's never enough hours in the day for, for what I need to get through. So I'd love to expand the sort of uh, the team in interiors and and see other people flourish and grow um, and I've seen that over the over the years and we've got we've got well we've got a great team at Bluestone as a whole but we've got a great team in interiors so it'd be lovely to to see that expand. I agree. So um, on to the on to the quick fire round. Okay. So first off, uh, what motivates you? Ooh, what motivates me? Um, I love to be successful. Um, I love to, you know, but you know, successful is measured in in very different ways. Um, it's not all about you know just what necessarily what money you're bringing in, or even what money you're earning. I mean, of course, I'm motivated by by my money. I don't think necessarily in sales really which motivated by money but it's um it's about feeling like you're really helping businesses as well you know that that's a real buzz in itself seeing people that you work with um grow and flourish that that 
that gives you a buzz as well. So there's lots of different different things, but I think that covers most of them. Great. Um, and until now, what's been your proudest achievement? Um, I suppose it has to be becoming the, well, Interiors Director, I think, was my first title, Key Account Director, um, but becoming becoming the, the, the director in, in whatever title it is um, was definitely um, my greatest achievement here at Bluestone. And what's the, the next achievement you've got on your radar? <laughs> um, well, it has to be um, having the goal of becoming a board director. That's got to be the next, uh, the next thing on the bucket list. So yeah, listen up, Philip Mark and Bill. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then finally, what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Oh, um, well, being born into a family of salespeople, my mum was um, a sales rep for Nike or Nike, dependent on where you come from. Um, and my father was in pensions and investments. Um, so they've, they've, they've both been in, in sales in their careers, but it was actually my, my father that gave me the best piece of advice. And to this day, I always stand by it. And that was that you have two ears and one mouth. And if you always use the same ratio of that when you're sort of speaking to people, you know, really listen and be genuinely interested in, in what they've got to say. I absolutely stand by that and I believe that um, that it's uh, one of the reasons that I've been successful in sales. Perfect. Well, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. I hope you enjoyed Thank yourself. you for having me.